from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Thank you for taking time today to tune in and be with us here at this broadcast from the poorhouse to the palace. We've been going through uh, the last three Old Testament books of the Bible, Haggai, Zechariah, and in Malachi, we are in Zechariah chapter 4, looking at the visions uh, that came to, to Jeremiah uh, in, in the night as, as, uh, as he had returned and began early in his ministry. And we are looking at the fifth vision. Today we begin the fifth vision. It's the vision of the golden candlestick and the two branches that's found in Zechariah chapter 4. Now, this chapter is not a vision of encouragement as the first vision was. Neither is it a geographical or a political vision like some of the other visions were. This vision is given to the inner spiritual condition of the nation. This is a vision of revival. Let me put it to you like that. That will make it make sense to you. It is a vision of revival. The Spirit of God is going to come and work in a mighty way and give life to something that had had life but had lost it. And so it brings life back to it again. You know, revival means to, to vive means breath. To revive, it means to have breath again. That means something that had life uh, or that our breathing is wrong. And revival makes our breathing right. There's something wrong. And uh, you know what happens that makes our breathing wrong and takes away our life? It's sin. And, and But God comes and through the Holy Ghost revives and brings life again. Now, this passage has two parts. There is the vision with its interpretation and its related promises. And uh, the vision and chapter 3 was for Joshua the high priest, the religious leader, uh, relig religious leader. but here in chapter 4, the vision is for Zerubbabel, the political and the civil leader. And remember that Zerubbabel was of the seed of David, and he is a what we would call a messianic progenitor, or he is in the line uh, of Jesus Christ, and he is a symbol of Jesus Christ. He is a picture of Christ here in this passage. And we see in these two chapters that both these men foreshadow the Lord, Christ, Lord Jesus Christ in his divine office offices of king and priest. Uh, Jesus is a prophet, priest, and king. Joshua the high priest, we saw the branch, a, a vision of Jesus as the branch. Here we see a king of the seed of David, who is also uh, a, a, um, in the line of, of the Messiah, and he is also a symbol of Christ as king. And this chapter is the key that will begin to unlock many hidden treasures of the Bible, especially in relationship to the prophet Malachi and to the book of Revelation as well once we start here in chapter 4. Let me give you verse 1. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. So we know that these six visions came in the night, or these eight visions came in the night, as, and it appears at some point that he fell asleep, and the angel had to come wake him up. Uh, Zechariah went to sleep in church, amen? And uh, Daniel did too. And so don't worry, he awakes in the to see the fifth vision in the night sky. Now let's look at verses 2 and 3, and we're going to spend probably a few days here in these two verses in verses two and three uh, and the when the angel woke him out of his sleep the bible says this and said unto me what seest thou and i said i have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top there uh, thereof and two olive trees by it one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof 
So Zechariah saw a candlestick. He saw the menorah with the golden bowl and the two witnesses. Now, let me deal, first deal with the menorah because it was an important part of the tabernacle first and then the temple. And uh, there is, we, in the temple, there was furniture and rooms. There were three rooms and seven pieces of furniture. Let, let me give you the whole picture here. And uh, I know these are things that you have heard me speak of before, but repetition is the key to memorization and memorization is the key to learning. And I want you to know these things and have them written on the table of your heart. Amen. I want them planted in your mind so that you'll be fully persuaded of some heavenly things. Okay. There were seven pieces of furniture in the tabernacle first, later the temple that were divided among three sections of the temple. You had the outer court. That's where the brazen altar that tip that was a type of Calvary and the laver, which was a type of our daily cleansing was. You went into the Eastern gate. How about that? Jesus is coming from the East. You came first to the salvation. Then you came to the daily cleansing from sin. You went from the outer court into the holy place. And on the left was the menorah of spirit filled service. And on the right was the table of showbread, which pictures the Bible and Christ, our bread of life come down from heaven because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of, mouth of God. It's straight in front of you, centered in between you, just between the menorah on the left and the table of showbread on the right was the golden altar of incense. That's the golden altar of prayer. Then there was the most holy place. Remember that temple veil that was between the, the curtain that separated the most holy place from the holy place. And it contained the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. There was the Holy Spirit waiting to indwell man. That was his holding place for at that time, waiting to indwell man when the blood of Christ will be poured out from heaven, from the heavenly mist rock onto the mercy seat in heaven. And the most holy place takes us from close communion with a veil to atonement, at one with God. And when the temple veil was torn apart, close communion became uh, uh, became atonement. Now there is no wall between the Spirit of God and service, prayer, or Bible reading, and the ark and the mercy seat of God's tabernacled Spirit. Those five, the number of grace, are eternally yoked together. God's Spirit is not without us. He is not within us. It guides us according to the Scriptures in prayer, Bible, and Christian service. By the way, just allow me to say today that most Christians today are happy, are happy wandering around like a bunch of little lost lambs in the outer court and very few enter the inner court. Oh, you're glad your sins are forgiven, that you've been to Calvary. And, and yes, every now and then you'll confess some of your daily sins, but you keep some pet sins and some secret sins and, and some, and, and you're just happy uh, riding the train to glory on that. But there are many who have been to the altar of judgment, who have had their sins forgiven, yet they wander around the outer court and keep getting dirty in the filth of this world because they never enter the holy place of communion. They keep going back to the laver for daily cleansing from Christ, but they never go on to communion. They never pass from cleansing to communion. And if you will have any joy, any victory, or anything to show as gold, silver, and precious stones at the judgment seat of Christ, you will have to enter the most holy place. Otherwise, you're not going to get so much as a sucker at the judgment seat of Christ, as one old preacher said. You're not going to get anything. Because all you did was you just wandered around out in a place of cleansing and you never entered a place of communion and consecration to Christian service. You need this. And now we are looking at the vision of Christian service, the menorah that is, uh, that, that is needed here. And I'm going to stop here for right now for today. But tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to look at this uh, communion, the communion of 
the holy place. I just kind of opened your eyes to it today. We're going to look at it in detail tomorrow. God bless you. Until then. No longer a in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poorhouse to the Palace. From the Poorhouse to the Palace.